The following is a recording of the Reverend Charlie Dupree at St. Paul's Episcopal Church in Richmond, Virginia on December 1st, 2019. Thanks for listening. The Holy Gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ, according to St. Matthew. Jesus said to his disciples, about that day and hour, no one knows, neither the angels of heaven nor the Son, but only the Father. For as the days of Noah were, so will be the coming of the Son of Man. For as in those days before the flood, they were eating and drinking, marrying and giving in marriage, until the day Noah entered the ark. And they knew nothing until the flood came and swept them all away. So too will be the coming of the Son of Man. Then two will be in the field. One will be taken and one will be left. Two women will be grinding meal together. One will be taken and one will be left. Keep awake, therefore, for you do not know on what day your Lord is coming. But understand this. If the owner of the house had known in what part of the night the thief was coming, he would have stayed awake and would not have let his house be broken into. Therefore, you also must be ready, for the Son of Man is coming at an unexpected hour. The Gospel of the Lord. Mornings have always been hard for me. Now, this may be a little weird considering my chosen vocation, but I don't like to get out of bed. I really don't. I like to lounge around. I like to stay cozy, and I like to drift in and out of sleep. When I was a kid, I shared a bedroom with my older brother, and I remember mornings before school And the house was abuzz with activity. My father would cook breakfast and he'd be slamming around pots and pans and scrambled eggs. My brother was in the shower dropping soap or shampoo. My sister's steady hum of a hairdryer. The quick, quick steps of my mother. And me, I would still be cozy in my warm sheets until... My older brother did the things that older brother do, become obnoxious. And he would go to the end of the bed and he would take the sheets and in one sudden jerk, he would pull all the sheets off of me and I would scream bloody murder and cry and it made me furious, but it did the job. (laughs) It would get me awake and out of bed. In some ways, Advent functions in the same way. An Advent may not be as obnoxious as my older brother, but it does call us to wake up. It comes along in our lives to jerk us out of our sleep and pull us out of our own personal coziness. Sleepers wake Sleepers wake, the old hymn tells us. 
Today, you and I gather in church on the first Sunday of the church year. And while the rest of the world is cleaning out stuffing and sweet potato casseroles from their refrigerators, while the rest of the world is benefiting perhaps from those very first Christmas sales, and while some, dare I say it, are still cozy in bed, we are here in the church celebrating Advent. Advent, if you notice, all of our colors have changed. The mood has shifted just a little bit. So what's the deal with Advent? Why is it relevant? What bearing does it have on our lives in the here and the now? Out of what deep sleep do we need to awaken? Well, the word Advent means coming. And it's important to understand that Advent is kind of this weird type of season that has a threefold spiritual purpose. First, Advent serves to help us remember the way that Christ came into the world as a historical moment. It helps us remember the prophecies and the stories that lead up to this historical birth of Jesus, the Messiah. We'll hear more about that tonight at Advent Lessons and Carols. The four weeks of Advent set the stage, if you will, for that event when God became human and sanctified all of creation. At the same time, Advent points us to the future. It points us to that time when Christ will come once and for all to restore all of creation to its right place with God, the time when earth will be like heaven. But what I'm interested in talking with you about today is the third aspect of Advent, the Advent that rests in between history and the future, because that's where you and I live. That's where we operate in the now. So what do we do? Our reading from the Gospel of Matthew has something to say about that. Now, we land way deep into the Gospel of Matthew as we begin our liturgical year together. Jesus has already entered into Jerusalem. He has been talking to his disciples about that end time, that last day when everything will be restored. And then he goes up to the Mount of Olives to pray. And then it's kind of funny, if you go back and check, the disciples kind of sneak up on Jesus and they're like, hey, about that, when's that going to happen? When will that be? And Jesus has a really short answer. God only knows. Only God knows. The angels don't know about it. The saints don't know about it. Not even Jesus knows about it. Only the Father knows the day and the hour, which puts the disciples in a pretty interesting place. And that's where we are. What do we do in the meantime? Well, you and I are in the meantime. This is where we live. And Jesus' words today are about what to do. And they are about preparation. That's what this season is about. And that's what Jesus' words are about. 
But it's not about a future preparation. It's about the type of preparation that we can do right now. Because the primary purpose of Advent, at least for me, is to realize that Christ is born every moment. And that Jesus comes into our lives more than just once. It is an ongoing process. And that's why the nature of the season is about being awake. It's about being alert to the ways that Christ and the kingdom are sneaking in or bursting in all around you. And as the church, we are called to draw attention to those places. Look, there it is. Look, there he is. Look, Christ is being born. And Advent presents so many opportunities for this to happen. I think about the Advent wreaths that you are making at the Advent fair and how they remind us that light comes into the world. And I think about how we might join that light with the light of our Jewish sisters and brothers who also celebrate a God of plenteousness, not scarcity. I think about the ways that we are called to be with each other in this time, the ways that we celebrate difference and diversity, because this is a season when we celebrate that lambs and wolves get along with each other and that children are the ones who do the leading. I think of the jingly jingle bells outside of grocery stores and those faithful, faithful people who ring them to remind us of the vulnerable in the world. Remember, this is why Christ comes, to shape a new world. And this is what Christ still bids us do in each moment. So we take time to listen to the voice of those cranky prophets. And we do not rely on Christmas nostalgia because we cannot trust nostalgia. Instead, we trust that we are called to bring true comfort and joy and to explore what that looks like for those around us. We don't know when, and we don't know how Christ will present himself to us, but we can live our lives, can't we, in a spirit of wakefulness. For those of you who meditate or pray or do any sort of yoga or physical movement in prayer, There's something that our Eastern teachers teach us, and it's called a beginner's mind. A beginner's mind is something we bring to our spiritual practices that keeps those things from becoming too ho-hum, same old, same old. Because when we do things over and over again, they can become routine. And a beginner's mind teaches us and trains us to pay attention to the uniqueness of each breath, of each movement. Like, my left side is stronger than my right side today. That's not usually the case. But how interesting to notice that, to be aware that you may be balanced or not so balanced today. So we bring this sort of attention and attentiveness to every single moment because we forget. 
we become immune. We become sleepy to the beautiful things that are happening all around us. The Buddhist author and nun Pema Chodron puts it this way. She says to be fully alive, to be fully human and completely awake is to be continually thrown out of the nest. To be fully awake is to be continually thrown out of the nest. So again, we ask, awake to what? Awake to what? This time of preparation, I believe, is intended to awaken our spirits once again to the ways of God. It is intended to awaken us to the web that connects all of the nations. Think about that vision from Isaiah today. The vision tells us that we will not know peace until the nations come together and transform our weapons into instruments of cooperation. Happy New Year, St. Paul's. It's our first new year together. As we move toward God's holy mountain, toward that manger, can you hear what I hear? Can you hear God whispering, wake up? Bishop Curry likes to say that when the Episcopalians wake up, the world's going to be in trouble. <laughs> wake up. Here in this church, in your workplaces, in your schools, around your family tables, around your civic tables, how is God being born? And born, and born again. This is what Advent looks like to me. Possibility. But we have to train our eyes to see it. And now is that season of looking toward bright stars and brave mothers and fathers and long, important journeys. In this Advent season, what do you hope to discover? How might a new vision be gaining momentum and clarity in your own life? To what or to whom is your God calling you to place your focus? The journey has begun, and we have all been thrown out of the nest. So let us take this time to catch our breath and maybe hold the hand next to you. For it is time to be on our way. Sleepers wake. A voice astounds us. And the voice is none other than Jesus the Christ, who was, who is now, and who is to come. <laughs>